You already had some fun. <laughs> Time for some fun. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, we need a beer right now. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. It's it's been a day. Actually, it's been a really nice day. It's kind of like fall in Texas, which, I mean, it was a high of 74, and then I think the low is like 55. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm so here. You got the weather report. Hey. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying out this beer from the Spinal Tap Brewery. Yeah. They're from Houston, right? Spinal Tap, yeah, it's from Houston. And they have a referee Mario and a boxer on it called Spinal Tap Heavy Heavy Hands. Definitely an double IPA. IPA. Yeah. I'm like, and it tastes like a double IPA. It's a little sweeter. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Today we're just chilling. Yeah. Uh, might be some booze ball on TV later. <laughs> Booze <laughs> ball. I was like fool's ball. Fool's ball. It's a. Uh, you might not know this, but Cammy loves sports. She loves watching sports. I like watching sports, mm-hmm. but generally she likes it more for the sports fights. Yes, I like watching men get angry over throwing a ball. Yeah, they they, they are getting angry over a game. I'm like they're still getting paid at the end of the day. But you should see her in action watching. She's just like, oh, oh, like she pays attention. She look up from her job to look up from <laughs> books she's reading if some people are fighting absolutely and i'm like yeah cool i'm about it <laughs> but that's just a little chit chat to get into this um this is nerd escape where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked yes we are back <laughs> yes. for episode four Woo-hoo. and we have a very interesting story for you yep. um you listened to the last episode uh, I briefly gave at the end which uh, comic book we were going to be talking about, what story. And we are going to be talking about a comic book called Sea of Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is written by Jason Aaron and the and also a co-author is Dennis Hallam. Uh, at the end of the episode of episode three, I said Dennis Hopeless because I looked it up on the internet and that's what it said. And it turns out I thought I was really wrong, but it's he goes by Dennis Hopeless Hallam. Yeah. So yeah, pat the guy in the back. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, Stephen Green is the artist, and the colorist is Rico Renzi. Um, just to make sure we give credit where credit's due, uh, this the CSRs Volume One. This is issue one through five. Mm-hmm. It's called Lost in the Wild Heavens. Mm. Um, Jason Aaron, one of the co-authors, is an American comic book writer. He's worked on stories such as Thor, The Other Side, Scout, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Punisher Max, The Goddamn, The Other Avengers, and he also works on Southern Bastards. So many. Uh, Southern Bastards is one that I've read before and I'm keeping up with. Uh, it might be on the show one day. Yeah, I It hope is so. about a high school football team in Arkansas, and the head coach is like a mob boss. So he like... If you're like on an opposing team, instead of doing the scout report, he'll like send someone over to break your kid's leg so he can't play. That's rude as hell. That's all I've got to say. So he has some crazy, like, and uh, he is from Jasper, Alabama. Uh, Jason Aaron, you can find him on uh, his Twitter handle or IG handle is just Jason Aaron, one word. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Dennis Hopeless Hallam, American comic book writer. Uh, I believe he, he was born or he resides in Kansas City, Missouri. He's also worked for many publications such as Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios. He's worked on Lone Struck. He worked on X-Men Season 1, Avenger Aroma, and Cable and the X-Force. And he tends to write on the challenges of growing up, which is what this story is about. Definitely. Like, definitely a grow-up story. Uh, there is some amazing art in this. Uh, the main artist f- for this book is Stephen Green. He's from Savannah, Georgia. Ooh. He's worked on Hellboy, PB, P, 
PBRD. He's worked on Lobster Johnson. <laughs> I've, I've heard good things up. about it. I've heard good things about it. Uh, Dark Horse. Uh, he works for Dark Horse Studio most of the time. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Stephen Prevels, and that's Stephen with P-H. And you can also find him on IG at Stephen underscore underscore green. Oh, yes. And I don't think you mentioned it, but Dennis is, um, his IG is Dennis Hopeless Comics. Okay. I could not find that, actually. Oh. Dennis Hopeless Comics. Yeah. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I couldn't find it for some reason. No worries. Maybe I was talking to Dennis Hallam. So he really likes Dennis Hopeless. Okay. He's like, I am hopeless. We're going to tag all y'all. But also... Huge shout out to our boy, hopefully Rico. our boy, Rico, Rico Renzi. Rico Renzi is our colorist in yeah. this story. And if you guys don't remember, he did the coloring for Bitterroot. He did. <laughs> We're like, oh shit, this is Rico right? again. We already knew he had, he worked in the biz hardcore, but mm -hmm. uh, he is from Washington, D.C. He works for just about all the publications, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Oni Press, IDW, Boom Studios. Uh, I believe he worked on the Spider-Verse yes. universe. The Spider-Verse movie. He yeah. was a part of that color team. So, I mean, and that has amazing yes. colors. So you can I'm find him, IG, uh, Twitter, at who is Rico? Who is Rico? so talented. Rico! Rico! All right, I hope you listen to this. <laughs> We're huge fans. Keep we the are. colors going. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so let's jump into the story. Um, this story is about space. And when I say space, I mean space, like sp deep space, deep space in this. And then also the space between loved ones. And on the back of the uh, volume that we bought, it says a father, a son, and a whole lot of space between them. Yeah. And that makes total sense. It really does. It, it's, so what do you, what are we set at in this? It's one of. Cammy's favorite places to go. Uh, space. It's legitimately <laughs> set in space. So the main characters are from Earth and um, they are traveling. Yes. They, the father is a basically like a postal worker. He's like the FedEx of space. So he's in the process of trying to um, take some packages it, to a museum in space. And he has his song as his tag along. And it's it's <laughs> quite the dynamic, but it's in space, and space, if no one knows, freaks me out. Yes, it does. It really does, because I'm like, hello, do we know what's going on out there? We've got black holes we don't know about. We got comets flying everywhere. <laughs> My goodness, you could be lost in space with a full oxygen tank and just floating out in space by yourself. Okay, you freaked everyone out now. <laughs> think so about it, folks. I think she hyperventilated in <laughs> talking about the setting of space. Uh, from what I've saw, it's a setting, it's beautiful space settings on the paper, uh, the art. So you have like, you know, the deep purple mixed with a little light purple, the mm. black, the stars in the background. Yeah. You have planetoids in the landscape. So just random planets. Yep. Um, it's kind of like a spacescape. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know I was going to say landscape, but I was like, watch yourself. Spacescape. <laughs> spacescape. Um, and There's yes, no land. The main, and the main characters, they are a <laughs> father and son duo. Uh, the father is named Gil. Uh, Gil Starks, his uh, tag name for his, his I guess his, his tag, his trucker rig tag yeah. name is Starduck. So Gil Stark, the Starduck. And he is with his nine-year-old son, Caden. Mm -hmm. And Caden is very bored on this space trip. Yeah. Uh, so he's, it, it's kind of a bring down to earth, like relatable story that's in space. Right. This little kid is bored in space. 
he's kind of a sad boy and he wants to see something cool yeah. like in space like he's like where's the black holes like where's right. the exploding stars he's and, your typical nine-year-old boy yes on a road trip yeah a three-week long road trip which is pretty long yeah but he's just like i'm bored dad and he's on a spaceship and his dad's just like dude <laughs> Um, but they are hauling in their cargo uh, some museum items, and they're hauling it from, they're hauling a Kragarian museum space history. And if you aren't familiar with Kragarian 9, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never heard of the Kragarians? Come on now. Um, and while they're riding, basically, the kid's bored, and you see that there's kind of a rip between their relationship. And recently had lost the mother in this family. Yeah. And, you know, she's, the panels pretty much just tell you, you know, she got sick. And Gil, the father, wasn't really around. He was doing a lot of transportation. Like, he was kind of a truck driver. He's like the space truck driver. He would stop in at his son's birthday to drop off gifts and then go right back on the road, you know. And so he's never had this connection with his son to begin with. Right. And now he has to work on it because he's all... Uh, Caden has left Mm -hmm. and so that's the psychological family setting that you're set into and you're like whoa like you know I see we're doing this but as they're traveling through space uh, they're intercepted by a humongous space leviathan yeah and I mean I can only give details of what I think it looks like you know just you can you're probably gonna make an image of your head from my description and it's a squid-like head. He has some shark components. His internal organs, such as intestine tract, is like outside. But it's so big, it's like a old-school classic dragon where it like it kind of whole body is like a wave. Yeah, it slithers around. And it, like it's it's floating and slithering through space. Kind of slimy. And yeah, they get attacked. Um, it's a pretty crazy opening scene of just shit going nuts. Yeah. And you know. Gil has to find Caden and all this this mayhem, and they end up getting separated. Yeah, and it's just it's a different kind of space than what we think. It's a kind of adventure space. Yeah, and I surprisingly was I really like this story because most times space for me, if I read a book about space, I'm just like. <laughs> This is going to be really typical. I was like, something is going to happen on the planet that they land on. They're going to have to be quarantined, and then someone gets sick, and then everyone dies. She's really afraid of space. I don't like space. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> but this one was really like, it was an adventurous, feel-good story. I really liked it. It was, and it's only, this is only volume one, so this is one through five. Uh, I believe issue seven comes out because I got issue six already. And so it's a new story. This was published in, the first issue was published in July 2019. Okay. And so this is something that you could hop on and, you know, get get on for the ride while it's young instead of having yeah. to get volume by volume by volume. You can actually see if you like it or not. True. Caden, uh, so on this space trip, he's floating through space in his spacesuit, and, you know, and he's facing this big monster. He touches a sacred item from the Kagarian collection. Boom. All of a sudden, he has an ancient space Zaztec Zimigod fused with his body. The screen goes blank. Caden wakes up, and there are two space creatures over him. Yeah. One is a monkey looking space creature. Yeah. He has white fur, fur. he has uh, blue arms and face, he has horns, a red tail. He's known as a comet creeper. And there's also a whale with him, a little, you know, whale that just swims through space. 
He has light blue skin with white stripes, uh, glowing eyes, and he is known as a starfin, eventually find out. And they, the monkey and the whale can talk to each other, and they see Caden, and they call him, I think they call him a man person. I think so. Yes. And they want to eat him. And then Caden wakes up, and he's like, hey, who are y'all? And he understands the space whale. He understands the space monkey. And they're like, how can this guy understand us? And to top it off, Caden's spacesuit is ripped open. Like yeah. his bare he, arm. Yeah. yeah. So he is exposed to the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. But this little kid can handle it. Like, like it's easy. Like it's nothing. Right. Just floating around in space. I mean, he's a kid. He's like, holy crap. It's a playground. I can do whatever I want and not have any repercussions. And so, you know, he's jumping around he's floating with things that he probably shouldn't be floating with <laughs> eating things you shouldn't be eating, eating things for sure that he shouldn't be eating and like messing with things that should not be messed with yes and Caden is putting his newly acquired space swimming or stardust breathing skills on display through child's play uh, he's flying through fire moons eating fire candy touching floating star jellyfish uh, on the opposite end you have so you have you have Caden and he's going around having a good time floating in space with his newfound creature friends. His dad is also by himself, mm-hmm. and his dad is on a survival hardcore mission really to save his son. And at first, you know, all he has is this helmet, and he has like his AI talking to him, mm-hmm. and he like you know lands on a moon and immediately has to like kill a bunch of space comet like monkey things. Yeah, he's not a violent man. He has his own conscious dialogue in the story. And he pretty much is just like, you know, I'm not afraid of these creatures that are trying to kill me. What I'm really afraid of right now is myself. Because he never realized he had it into him to go at it. Yeah. This is a father trying to get back to his son because his son is lost out in space. It's like finding Nemo. Yes. But it would <laughs> not be holding a if candle up to it. If the fish were fighting. If Nemo's dad had killed the sharks mm-hmm. and he had killed like Dory when he found her. Just yeah. like, no, Dory would be Kyle. Kyle's another character. Yeah. Uh, but basically, he has to just travel through space, has to go through uh, hyperspace and go th- get through a wormhole and go by this exploding sun and find his son who now has a ancient space Zaztec tribe spirit inside of him. And our last characters would be the Zaztecs, yep. which they are in a thought to be extinct space tribe, fictional space tribe, yeah. or maybe there's space tribes out there. We don't know. Maybe. And they're pretty much modeled after Aztecs. Right. Uh, but they have the space feel to them, a new kind of flavor. Like they have like crazy geometric like helmets that like cover their whole head. They're pretty legit. And they're pretty cool. Like the designs are amazing. Yeah. You know, they have like glowing laser light, like lights in them. And so cool. And so Caden's dad, Gil, and runs into some of these. And so he has to take care of business on that end, yeah. too. It's really cool. There's there's something in the museum, too. It's called a quirk. Quirk shark? Quirk, quirk shark. Quirk. Quirk. Uh, quirk shark? Quirk. It's, but it's spelled Q-U-A-R-K. Yeah. And quark. Quark, quark shark. Quark. Yeah. So he's he sees a quark shark, and he relates to the quark shark because Caden feels lonely. And so he actually can call a quark shark. Yeah. He like basically yells it out into space and it travels. And I think they said something like, is it true a quark shark can smell blood a galaxy away? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and so 
now that you have a little taste of like what we're getting at, it's time for a little segment <laughs> uh, that it's going to be going by UEI. UEI? UEI. UEI. Unnecessary Educational Information. <laughs> UEI. 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 Unnecessary Educational Information. Here we go. So earlier I mentioned quark sharks. Uh, quark sharks are what uh, was in the Kurgarian Museum um, hall that they were that Gil and Kaden were hauling, and it's one of the creatures that Caden uh, summons. And quarks is actually a physics term. <laughs> Get ready for some math. A little bit of math, but more explanations. <laughs> and so quarks, I'll start off slow. They were discovered by an American physicist. Um, in 1964 by Murray Gilman. He was American? Yeah, he was American. Murray, Murray Gilman, from, he's actually from New York. He discovered quarks theoretically. Interesting. So they have never, quarks have never been observed um, by the eye, but they have found them experimentally. But he did win the 1969 Nobel Peace Prize for the theory of elementary particles. Hmm. And what he means by elementary particles is... Quarks are the smallest kind of matter you can get down to, besides electrons. Okay. So, take for instance, simple chemistry. You know what a proton is. Yes. You know what a neutron is. Yes. Those in a center of an atom mm -hmm. make an atom, and then you have electrons going around it. Right. And that, you know, more electrons, more protons you add, the, the different element you go up the element chain. Right. So, if you take the protons and neutrons, they discovered that whenever they were colliding them in the like accelerator, the particle accelerators, mm -hmm. there was some calculation off and they found out that protons and neutrons can be broken down into quarks. Okay. So quarks are smaller than protons and neutrons. Now, why did they name them quarks? I'm really curious. There, it comes from, I didn't dive too deep into this, but Murray Gilman, he likes words. He likes to read, and okay. he was—it was from some American literature story that of he liked. And he it, quarks. It might have to do with like, not, it's not to do with religious quarks, no. But I didn't get into it. It was from a book by like James or something like that. Oh, okay. Basically, Mary Gilman <laughs> loves play on words, and it was from one of his favorite stories that they used the word quarks, and so that's why he used it from. So it pretty much means nothing reasonable okay. at all. It does that's... not relate reasonable. <laughs> but uh, there's different types of quarks. You have up, down quarks. You have up quarks, down quarks, strange quarks, charm quarks, bottom quarks, top quarks. Quarks got some variety and flavor. Yeah. But the most common ones are up and down, and these are the ones that you're going to find inside protons and neutrons. Okay. So a little math for you people. Stick oh. with me. I got you. Tell me if it makes sense to you, Cammy. <laughs> okay. An up quark has a charge of two thirds plus, and a down quark has a charge of negative one third. Holy cow. Okay. So two thirds and one third. Okay. So a proton has one down quark and two up quarks. Okay. So if you take two up quarks, add those together, that's two thirds plus two thirds, it gives you four thirds. And then you minus one third, it gives you a charge of one. That's a proton. That's why it has a charge of one. Oh, that's so confusing. So neutrons, they have two down quarks and one up quark. So if you have negative one third minus one third, that equals negative two thirds. Plus okay. two thirds, the positive one gives you zero. So that's why neutrons don't have a charge. Okay. 
<laughs> are you still with me, people? I pray you are still with me. But yes, this is a theoretical point of energy that's inside a proton or neutron. But you cannot cut quarks. You can't cut those into smaller things. I wouldn't want to cut them anyway. So these are the elementary building blocks of life. This is smaller than... It was smaller than what's inside an atom. I'm a quirk. I've got some you are. You got some quirks in you. Yeah, we all got some quirks in us. We all are quirky. Yes. Quirky. And it's like they're associated <laughs> with the Big Bang too, and they're still studying them. That's and that's one of the things they're finding in the theoretical and the. Uh, it's one of the things that they are finding in the particle accelerators because mm -hmm. they're hitting like protons on neutrons. They're hitting protons on other elements to see them scatter and right. to see to work backwards to see how they're made. Um, but yes. That was uh, unnecessary educational information oh, with yeah. Jablar. <laughs> <laughs> He's a science guy. <laughs> yes. And, but here's that. I learned about these in a course called Physical Chemistry. Yes, they took physics and chemistry and oh, had a baby. Boy. It was one of the hardest experiences of my life. Um, but they're not the smallest things out there. Quarks are, they are one-tenth the size of protons and neutrons, so they are smaller than that. But an electron is still one-fifth smaller than a quark. Okay. So electrons, everything's around us. I don't know why I made that sound for an electron, but either. I'll <laughs> roll with it. Uh, yeah, so let's throw that one out the window. Nice. You learned something. And you might have been like, God, I'm never going to use that. You're not going to ever use it. You're like, not. There's probably a small percentage of people who work with quarks and whoever are going to maybe see them one day. Right. So there you go. <laughs> Enjoy the... Uh, Unnecessary educational information, my dudes. The UEI. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a UTI. It does. It does. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we're not calling it that anymore. Just this episode. That's it. <laughs> but Caden's floating. Caden is floating through space. Nine-year-old kid has some magical, mystical power to him, and his dad is on the hunt across space and time to find him. Mm -hmm. Um. With that, they hit a couple of characters and a couple bumps in the road mm. or the space, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, there's no roads. <laughs> no roads in space. Um, so Caden eventually runs into a Zaztec uh, warrior, it seems. Like she's decked out in like a lot of uh, cool space armor. Yeah. Like it's nothing I've ever she's seen before. She's got a cape and it's pretty dope. Yeah, she has a cape. She has a bird called Sunhawk. Yeah, and I was just like... That looks like a phoenix, not a hawk. But I It's I mean, small, you know. It's small, but I mean it could be a baby phoenix. Phoenix is used way too much in other literary stories that this can is make true. up and, I, ideas. and that's exactly why I was just like, <laughs> okay, we'll give it Sunhawk. Yes, exactly. But this is this war this Zaztec warrior and I haven't spelled it Z Z A Z T E K Zaztecs. Yeah. Um is Dala the Despised. Mm -hmm. uh, she is a Zaztec castaway. Um, she was cast she away by the Star Shaman. Exiled. Exiled, yes. Um, and the Star Shaman, he is shown a bit, and he is an old hunching man uh, with leaves and mushrooms growing on his back. Yeah, and he has, like, branches for hands that, like, come out and just, you know, slap you down if he needs to. Yeah. She's, she is banished because they are blaming her because uh, for their god leaving. Oh, yeah, that's true. And their god's name is Quasaro. And whenever this lady sees him, uh, she says Caden has the mightiest god in all heavens, Quasaro, inside of him. And the kid's just like, what? Like, this, like I just saw this little glowing thing inside <laughs> of me. I'm just really special. Yeah, I'm just floating through space. <laughs> no, he has, a, he has a god in him, a space god. 
and it's like oh cool so this is it's a very interesting story so she's like hey come back with me so they go to her Zaztec space moon that they're living there and shit hits, hits the fan there and story develops we're not gonna wait too much uh, shaman's cool the Zaztec designs are really cool they do reflect Aztec's culture a bit they have the pyramids with the big staircase yeah. and the flat tops so it has some crazy just pulling our own historical fiction mm-hmm. and then put it with space and then you have like a down-to-earth story of just like you know basically a space truck driver right. with his son and they get separated mm-hmm. um, why don't you explain what happens to kill when he's floating through space he, after killing a bunch of monkeys, he takes a little rest to plan things out. This dude, oh my god, <laughs> he's like all, always on the verge of dying and just look, pure luck every single time. Just pure luck. And so he's finding, he ends up landing on a, what is it? It's like, like a, a space freighter. Yeah, a space and freighter. Abandoned. And it's abandoned or it was taken over. So he meets a lovely plant. That tries to eat him. Yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. a plant that's just carnivorous and wants to just. Yeah, eat it you. looks like uh, it kind of looks like the plants off of Mario. Oh yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what it looked like, like a Venus flytrap of Mario. Um, and then he also meets a lovely AI, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Kyle shows up as a robot, this little like, little tiny Star Wars droid looking robot. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, like Gil's happy to see another person he can talk to. Right. And he's just like, I'm KYL. And he's like, oh, shit, Kyle the Sentry Bot. What's mm-hmm. up, dude? And Kyle's like, you have 30 seconds to get off my ship. Yeah, so <laughs> Kyle is super defensive. Um, so honestly, that dynamic is really cool to it's watch. So good. It's really, really good. Yeah, because they're on this ship, and then Gil has this plant that's trying to eat him. Yeah. And then Kyle the, co- the Kyle, the cop bot's there just like, get off my ship. And he's like, I'm trying, little dude. <laughs> and then... All of a sudden, shit happens, and they get thrown through space and puts Kyle's AI into his own helmets. So now he has a very pissed-off robot in his own AI. And so that's one of the best interactions in the in the story and it made for a unique one that I never seen before. Like it's kind of like what's that uh interstellar where they had the robots. Oh, the yes, AI. yes, yes, So how the robots there had like, you know, their humor. And he's yes. like, what's your humor setting at? And he's like, nine. Was that he's one like, also named Kyle though? No, it was not. Maybe there was one named Kyle. I no. think there was one named Kyle. It was a really common name. I don't know. And Kyle's is a super common name. Also, if you don't like the, if you don't like Kyle, a Kyle, you won't like Kyle. Oh, you won't like Kyle. Because <laughs> Kyle's pretty much the AI, like, you know, Gil has to like, some Zaztec warriors are coming towards him with weapons and Kyle's in his helmet just like your chances of survival are so low they're decimals and he's just like not now Kyle I don't want to know and he's just like you think you can outrun them you're old your cardiovascular system's a joke (laughs) (laughs) because he can read his whole body and he's just like well I've been driving a truck this whole time Kyle get off my ass and he's just like Gil's in this Rambo survival mode like he wants to find his son and so he tells Kyle the home beacon that is on his son's spacesuit. I want it to ping in front of my helmet, his area, even though it's kind of far away, every minute in front of my helmet. Yeah. So it's just, it's like a death montage of, of Gil being like Rambo and being stealthy. And every time he pops out, you just see ping like on his little thing. Yeah. So it even gives a rhythm and kind of a sound to the, you know, Gil mm-hmm. through his crazy struggle to find his son. Yeah. Gil also finds use 
for the, the flower that was attacking him, he calls it cauliflower. Yeah, he does. So he finds a use to it, a symbiotic relationship. Yes. That is... We won't tell you that symbiotic It's amazing. It's and, really cool. Yes. You should read Sea of Stars and find out. But cauliflower, the plant, Kyle... They all have their little their little side characters, but they all have like their own little effect on Gil. Yeah. And Gil sometimes is about to give up, and then he gets lucky, and yeah. he's like, "Whoa, Eureka! I'm still alive!" Shit, pure <laughs> luck, this dude. But yes, this is a short lived story. Like we said, it's only on volume one, mm-hmm. and so father and son have not had a good relationship. Yeah. And you know, he's a young kid; he's nine years old. So, and Gil's never had a, a child before, so he's kind of just learning as he goes and he had his wife there for a while who was helping him out with all of this but she's out the picture now right and so he has to he has to find his son but yes go out and get this story yeah it's a it's a really good space travel story that relates to me because i personally think i have a pretty tough dad who would do a lot for me if i yeah. was you know <laughs> then she, you asked your family earlier this day because we were watching that. Uh... Oh yeah, we were watching Demon Slayer, that uh, <laughs> the anime. And so basically, I sent a text to my family. I was just like, "Hey, if I was a demon in Demon Slayer, would you guys like try to save me?" And so my sister, off the bat, she was just like, "I don't know. I'd probably have to kill you." My brother was <laughs> like, "I'd have to outweigh the costs, see what the best option was." And then my mom was like. I'd kill you immediately to save your immortal soul. <laughs> and I was like, wow, thanks, Mom. And then my dad just sent his, like, what are the, they're not the bitmojis, but the apple emojis yes. or whatever, of him looking over his computer. And my dad didn't do anything. So I'm just like, what the heck? Your dad would take you out. My dad would take me out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a smart thing to do. It, like, goes to, like, zombies and stuff. Right. You know? But with that, with asking that, um, you think you could do what Gil is doing, like out here, like just biting down and just killing some strange alien forms you never met in your life? I don't know. <laughs> I it's it's so it's just so dependent because I don't have kids. Yeah. I think if I had kids, it might be a different story. But because I don't have kids, I'm just like oh, I mean, but they're expendable. I can always make another one. So it's kind of like one of those things. It's like, uh, well, they're lost in space. Yeah, and it's like in almost space. a galaxy away. You're right, like, and uh, it's like, what the likelihood of actually finding my kid alive? Wow, her her crime TV would be a really short one. <laughs> <laughs> the mother just stopped looking. Just stop. She made five other kids, <laughs> and she was still okay. Yeah, I guess I can't say anything for myself because yeah, I don't have kids. But I always thought, like, if I was ever to, like, if I ever did go, like, to the army or if I had to, like, go to prison or if I had to, like, go somewhere where you had to just, like, turn it, your, like, survival instincts on, right. I think I would just shut off who I am until I get back. You're like, <laughs> all right, time to shut down. And, you know, go out swinging. You know, Gil, right. that's pretty much what he's doing. He, he, Gil gets his ass beat, you know, he dishes it out and, you know, he gets depressed parts of it too. Right. Uh, it's a very, he's a very dynamic character. He goes through a lot of change. Yeah. And I think it definitely factors in with him, like being on the road all the time, not being able to be there for his son. Like he, he should promised have his been. wife. He, he would promised his her. wife. So in for three weeks him, in, he already lost him in space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for him, he has to, he has to get his son. Like it's, it's not even an option for him. Yes. 
Um, with that, we hope you go pick this up. Sea of Stars. It is from Image Comic Books. Yep. One of my favorites, Image Baby. We're going to go into a little Q&A. Mm -hmm. uh, Cammy, what was your favorite thing about this comic book that stood out to you? Overall, I love the comic. It was just really well done, and I really enjoyed how readable it was on each page. I just could get through it really easily. Um, most comics I have to like sit down and then pick back up like within like a couple of minutes because I'm just like, Wah. but this one was really readable and I could read it sitting down in one sitting. Uh, but I really liked the lettering because each different creature or space friend Caden's um, space friend or just yeah no there's there's literally animals in space right yeah so it's just the different creatures of space they had their own specific font yeah. which i thought was super cool because i could read like i could hear in that font oh, okay. as i read so i could tell you know the monkey kind of had like this high pitch kind yeah. of like annoying vibe and space monkeys he's like comic relief <laughs> oh okay so i can kind of pick up on like how they sound or how they would yeah. sound and the whale kind of sounds like spacey like to me he was like oh okay and i kind of got a little bit just a, definitely a lot deeper, deeper yes. and just kind of like a little bit more fluid yes you're totally right yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see Space Monkey just being like, oh, space farts. Like the, super the, the, the jittery. Humans out there, so what is he doing? Like, we should have just ate him. Yeah, like, like yeah, he needs a sedative. Like, what are you doing, monkey? No. Yeah. This is magic. This is space magic. Let's let it play out. Let's let it play out. Uh -huh. We got to help him. So my favorite part of it, uh, I think the first thing that popped off was just the father-son dynamic. That was really good because I used to go on work uh, runs with my dad when he's like go around fixing appliances like acs and fridges and yeah you get in a truck and you just go into town and you got your stops and it takes all freaking day <laughs> and you know enjoy it or you just hold a tool bag and for me when kaden was just like i'm so bored like there was times like that where i would felt like that it related to me very well yeah resonated it, it related it resonated to me very well and also the coloring the creatures are really cool yeah um the big huge leviathan is just nasty mongrel he looks scary yeah. he looks scary and then i even enjoyed the little aztec throw in there with the you know space tribe and it's very bold when you're trying to you're putting creatures in space and you got mm -hmm. some little kid like swimming through space and i don't think i've ever seen a lot of movie shows or anything where there's just someone just superman yeah. through yeah. space and he's just like i'm swimming it's such a un it's such uncharted territory in space and yeah, and I can almost hear music when I'm reading it, like doo -doo -doo -doo, him just like, you know. Just, yeah. It, it's pretty cool because yeah, just space is just this scary vacuum that you have no chance of surviving in, and then you have like some quirk sharks, you got some whales, you got some monkeys that are on comets, you have people that actually have like ancient civilizations. So yeah, it's an interesting thing, and I'm I'm more interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I even said, and I actually have a playlist called Winter's. I think it's called Winter Spaceship or something like that. And I actually played my playlist while I was reading Aww. it. And it kind of actually really set the mood. I was like, all right, this makes me feel better about being in this setting. <laughs> there you have it. Cammy makes love to her comic books. No. As <laughs> <laughs> of what we liked about the comic book, mm -hmm. artwork's amazing. The storytelling's amazing. Really? And really yes, good. Dennis Hallam. 
you like writing stories about growing up, this mm -hmm. is definitely one of those for Caden's character and definitely for you can even grow up when you're an old man, you're still learning how to be a father. Right. And, you know, there's never too late to be a good dad. Yeah, <laughs> it's never too late. Who was your favorite character? Definitely the whale. The, the space, whale? The space, space whale. whale. Yeah, he just, he was the the steady character. Mm -hmm. He was the one who was super level-headed, was just like, hey, let's see where this goes, but also let's be very careful and, you know, let's kind of just guide the kid into safety, okay? Let, but let's be yes. very curious. Yeah, well, well was constant, and well, yeah. well gave you some comfort, and like he had like the deep voice, and he was just always just like, no, yeah. let's not eat him. <laughs> I love a constant character. Yes. Hmm. My favorite character, I'm gonna go with the duo, Kyle and <laughs> and Gil. <laughs> I'll just say Kyle. Kyle is to me when I was reading it, like I just started laughing, and I was like, I've never seen a character like this before. Yeah. You plug an AI in, and he's just like, why'd you make me a part of your AI? And he's like, shut up, Kyle. Like. This is what we're going to be doing. And he's just like, you know, the quote, she's like, you will die alone in a cold vacuum of space. And he's just like, Kyle, I don't want to hear this. And then there's warriors in front of Gil. And he's just like, oh, you will die at the hands of your murderer, actually. And he's just like, you're so unhealthy. Like, God, your readings are terrible. And then I think Gil's about to get smashed in the face by like a Zaztec. And then he's just like, you're going to die right now. You have no chance. And then Gil's just like, hey, don't you know that if I die, you die too, Kyle? <laughs> Your programming's over. And he goes, worth it. Like, he doesn't <laughs> care. But Kyle eventually comes around, and he starts to be like, all right, you're actually right. I don't want to die. Right. Like, I don't want my programming to just stop my power to go off. So uh, how are we getting out of here, Gil? <laughs> <laughs> so he, even the, the funny little sarcastic little shit AI mm -hmm. uh, has like, some character to him as well. Yeah. Last question. Okay, I'm ready. What, or should I say, where would you be more afraid of to adventure in? The ocean or space? When you put it that way, I've had too many traumatic events out in the sea. She I, had one with me. We were trying yeah. to go to a sandbar and she started drowning. Yeah. <laughs> Some so, water got in her mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I got everywhere. Um, yeah, so water is just... I mean, the she deeper you go, swim. I can't swim. I mean, I will. I'm gonna teach her how to swim. <laughs> Any teachers luck. out there? <laughs> Revolunteers? I'm gonna hold you like a little nine-year-old and just slap your legs. Yeah, I need floaties. floaties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I, I'm, honestly, I think after I, I think I've read a lot more space uh, books this year, and so I'm less afraid of it. I think there's a like a portion of space there's like a beyond point and once you cross that line that's where it like gets more terrifying because you really don't know because it's super unknown yeah but water the deeper you go down period you're surrounded by water pressure you're goes surrounded up by you pressure down, yeah. so you're going to die wow um you know i always had this obsession as a kid i want i've always wanted to be the first one to put a uh, to record in live action the giant squid. Really? And I always had this like uh, reverie or like daydream uh -huh. that I would put me put in my capsule and I'd have my VHS like tape because that's what I had <laughs> back then. And I'd record it and it'd be like beautiful, beautiful uh -huh. scene of just like this giant squid and the giant squid would just tentacle my whole capsule and uh -huh. it would just implode. 
And then the only thing that would survive was my tape that floated up to the top of the ocean. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess you're writing a story then? Uh, maybe, but I mean, a short story. All right, let's yeah. do something like that. But yes, I want to discover the giant squid. So I've always been fascinated with the ocean. Yeah. Um, think about both of them. It would be space. From what they show in TV shows, you can actually see out your like a little portal window. Right. And it's a constant vacuum. Yeah. Pressure goes up as you go down the ocean. It gets darker. There are creatures down there that are probably a lot bigger if they can survive the pressure. Right, and we know for a fact that there are creatures yes. at the bottom of the sea in but space. The, we don't. The old know. general saying of uh, we traveled, we discovered more in space than we have in the oceans. We only, we've only discovered like two percent of the ocean. Yeah, that's, I'm more terrified of the water. <laughs> I believe that back in the day, like going on a tangent just that those creatures that everyone described like uh -huh. the big humongous sea creatures yeah they were probably real back then oh yeah hands and, down. and then the industrial revolution happened yep pollution in the air mm -hmm. we put we, we put coal we put mercury in our water we put toxins in our water and it made things smaller yeah and then they swam as deep as possible they swim as deep as possible they could be resting like godzilla of some nature uh. or we just or just through the generations, things just got smaller. Even food's gotten smaller yeah. because of that fish, everything like that. I, I can go into unnecessary educational information on the oceans from me. You're going to learn some lessons. Honestly, you might have to have like a whole show for it. Yes, <laughs> we probably will. But I'd have to say I'd go with space, yeah. Space, yes. Because if you discover a new planet, you know, even if it sucks and you're the first colonial people to right. go out there. and If it's livable, like being able to... I mean, Be I would hate to colonize something, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, colonizing would be the worst part. I'd yeah. want, I'd want everything set up already. Yeah, that would be great. But <laughs> that spoiled. would be great. Someone else colonizes. Yeah, it. someone else colonizes. <laughs> That's what we're a part of right now, aren't we? <laughs> Truly, I mean, yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, that about wraps it up on Nerd Escape. Yeah. So yeah, pick up this book, uh, Sea of Stars, Volume One, um, issues one through five. Lost in the Wild Heavens. Mm -hmm. uh, issue 6 is already out, and I've read it, and it's uh, pretty good. Got a little twist at the end. I liked it. Uh, Jason Aaron, the writer. Dennis Hopeless Hallam was one of the writers as well. Stephen Green is the artist. And Rico Renzi. Rico. Rico, colorist. <laughs> this is Nerdyscape, where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. Yes, it is. Thank you for listening to Episode 4. I'm Jablar. <laughs> and I'm Cammy. Next time on Nerdscape, we're going to be talking about Skyward. This is one of my favorite comics to date. I love it to pieces. Uh, the creator is Joe Henderson. And if you don't know who Joe Henderson is, he is also one of the writers on Lucifer. <laughs> so he does an amazing job. The illustrators are Lee Garbett, Antonio Fabella, and Simon Boland. So stay tuned for that next episode nerd escape nerd escape <laughs> down 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 <laughs> <laughs>